Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast, where we create conversation and community among real people about everyday issues. This is a place for you to hear truth, connect with others, and find answers to your questions. Here's your host, Alan Reed. After the Magi had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and escaped to Egypt. He stayed there until Herod's death, so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled out of Egypt, I called my son. Friends, welcome back to Real Talk as we continue in our Advent series. I'm Alan Reed, host of the show, and we are in our third week of Advent. This past week, it was good for us to reflect on the way that God does things. We've heard the phrase, God works in mysterious ways. Well, the reality is his ways are not our ways. And this passage in particular, an angel coming with an ominous warning in the middle of the night to Joseph uh, in a dream is good evidence of that. You know, the angel is saying, get up, take your child and his mother flee to Egypt. And when I read this, and as I was thinking through this this week, uh, and what's actually happening here, one, it just captured my attention. You know, it's gripping, it's frightening. If we put ourselves in uh, in the place of Joseph, and uh, the question that I can't help but ask myself is, God, is this really how you did things? Uh, is this really the story that begins the life of Jesus? You know, Joseph and Mary flee their own country and seek asylum in Egypt. Uh, is this really how the beginning uh, of the life of the Son of God begins as a refugee? Uh, you know, there's a lot of things you can think of about this story, but one thing you wouldn't think is this is how I would do it. You know, the questions come, you know, like, God, you are the Lord God almighty ruler of heaven and earth. You have all the armies at your disposal, uh, the angels, and surely, you know, you could have found a better way to protect Mary, Joseph and the baby Jesus. But, um, but it's just a good reminder as we meditate on the Christmas story, it helps us to appreciate the fact that God goes about his work in the world differently than what we might think. It's not as simple as that God's going to save mankind with his power and majesty and just the snap of his fingers, and he's going to make all of our problems go away. He rarely works that way. God is not uh, parting the Red Sea in this story, right? Christmas is a very different story, and I want to continue in the mood of reflection this week, focusing on some of the characters in the Christmas story and just what strikes us about them and how they respond. As you are rereading the Christmas story this season, what is it that jumps out at you? What are you struck by? Are you struck by the ways that God chooses to do things like I am? Uh, it's certainly unpredictable. It's counterintuitive to every way that I would think he ought to do it. Uh, some of the characters, you have Zachariah and his wife, Elizabeth. Zachariah is just a small town priest and an angel of the Lord visits him in a dream and he tells him of his son's birth, uh, who we know as John the Baptist. 
his response is, how can this be? I'm just an old man and my wife is well along in years and you can't blame him for feeling that way, right? This would be shocking. And then you have Mary. When Jesus, uh, when his birth was foretold to her, her response was similar. How could this be since I'm a virgin? And then later in the story, you have the Magi that are directed towards Bethlehem, some 500 to 800 miles away, just because of a star in the sky. And the shepherds who are sent to Jesus by a heavenly host of angels. And the Bible says that after the shepherds reported of the message that they were told about this child, all were amazed, but Mary treasured up all these things in her heart and meditated on them. So the reaction from the main characters is nothing short of shock, astonishment, and wonder, which ought to make us sit back and wonder a minute for ourselves as well. Let me read you just uh, some uh, portions of, of John chapter one. It's not the traditional Christmas story, but it is the way that John begins the story of Jesus. And he says, Jesus was with God in the beginning, and he was God. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. There's something about the way that God works, particularly in this Christmas story, that requires us to see with eyes of faith, to see it with spiritual eyes. What I'm reflecting on this year is a reminder that God works and accomplishes his plan so differently than the way that we would expect it. Um, I'm reminded of one of my favorite personal Christmas stories. Uh, When I was pastoring in Colorado, uh, a good friend of mine, Russell, uh, we went on a, a mission trip together, we'd spend time together in Bible study. Um, But when I met Russell, he was in a correctional facility and he was there for a good year. And um, but he was able to get out and come to church and he even was able to come out to go to Bible study. But he had uh, a pretty cool idea and he wanted to rent a limousine uh, and he wanted he and his buddies uh, to come to the Christmas Eve service together. And so I had to meet him in a parking lot at a bank, at his bank, and he gave me $200 in cash and told me that I needed to go meet uh, this lady uh, in a different parking lot on across from town and give her the money to pay for the limousine. So I met with her and we both laughed in the parking lot. I felt like I was in the middle of a drug deal. I gave her the cash. And I said, you know what this is going towards, right? And she said, all I know is we're supposed to pick up some guys from the correctional facility uh, up north. I'm like, yeah, you're going to bring them to our Christmas Eve service. And so we chuckled and laughed and and went on about our day. But um, that evening on Christmas Eve, uh, he came in a limousine with some of his buddies. There was eight of them total. Came to the service. I met them outside. We were meeting in a school. And we probably had a couple of hundred people uh, at our Christmas Eve service where we would end it with candlelight and I would give the gospel presentation. But that evening, five out of the eight gave their life to Christ. And I remember one in particular they called Twinkle Toes. That was his nickname after that night because he was so excited about the idea that God 
loved him. Just an ordinary guy, a guy that uh, was dealing with a lot of issues, a lot of problems, a lot of mistakes in life. But yet his life was changed that day. And you know what? That was unexpected. I didn't expect that to happen that night. And, um, and it was an encounter that God had chosen for them that night with, uh, during our Christmas Eve service. So I'm much like Zacharias and Mary. You know, when I observe the way that God works around me, I sometimes find myself scratching my head and wondering, God, how could this be? And why me? Why us? Why have you chosen to work through such imperfect people? And maybe that's why we have these stories and the Christmas story in particular to help us recast our vision of the world around us and to cast it or to recast our vision of God and his kingdom to help us to delight in it, to love it, to be amazed in wonder of his unique and glorious plan. Uh, to work against the unbelief of humanity and that innate agnostic response that that we find ourselves parked in sometimes, still stuck at the beginning, proclaiming, really, God, that's how you're going to do it? And uh, finally, you know, we look at the shepherd's reaction in this story, and it was one of immediate belief. You know, we see, wow, you know, let's go see this child. They immediately got up and went to Bethlehem. Uh, we don't see them sitting around and debating about it. They went immediately. And I think the Christmas story not only gives us the greatest news that has ever been told to us, but also can just help us to see God at work. He continuously uses simple and everyday people a young, insignificant couple in Joseph and Mary, a faithful priest in a small town, a group of shepherds, three stargazers from a far-off land, and all of this to accomplish his purpose. And I don't know if you see this when you read the story, but I think God loves using ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And the Christmas story, in multiple ways, is a story of the kingdom of God breaking to, into the lives of ordinary men and women. And uh, yeah, we see people in, the, in this story, like Herod, you know, he is a local Roman ruler kind of an important person, right? The Magi were obviously very educated. Uh, some people think that they were uh, probably the advisors of a king. And so, uh, but both of these uh, people, Herod and these wise men, uh, they're in the background of the story. The main characters are very ordinary, common people. And, and I personally love that about the story. And I'm really encouraged that God can use us. He can use you. He can, he can use me. And uh, he loves to use ordinary people because he gets glory doing extraordinary things through ordinary people like us. And uh, the availability of the kingdom of God breaking into uh, humanity is a beautiful thing. And that is the Christmas story. Stories of unbelief that turn into belief, that turn into courage and boldness. So Jesus, as we move through this week, as we move into our Christmas plans, preparations, and as we go to work, go to school, as we take care of our lives, we pray for eyes to see your kingdom. We pray for hearts to believe. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would give us the eyes to see 
the availability of the kingdom of God to us right here in the average day-to-day. May your kingdom come. May your will be done right here on earth and in our lives this Christmas season as it is in heaven. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you are enjoying our Advent series. We know you are busy, but we hope this time is a moment of withdrawal and a moment to step into his larger unfolding story. We'll be back next week with some reflections on the fourth week of Advent. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.